are back for cleaving me another great episode uh you know we were on youtube last week so if you're like where the heck were these guys for their pre-mania coverage go on youtube type in cleaving me we went through it all we broke it all down i didn't go through and see who did the best with predictions or whatever but i feel like most of them uh were very hittable there's a few that we definitely could talk about which we're going to po- do post mania here uh, talked about what we liked, maybe what we didn't like, give it a letter grade. Also, we got to talk, Cleve, the WWE sale was a huge one, obviously. Now, you know, Endeavor's taking over. They own the UFC, so now both of those companies, not joint, but just under the same ownership. And then also we had a couple of returns uh, that were notable, one in WWE, that being Matt Riddle, and one in AEW, that being uh, Jay White. So. There's a lot going on in the wrestling world. I mean, about 16 days away from going to a show at Monday Night Raw in Chicago, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, so <clears throat> let's get it started, Cleve. How we doing? It's a Saturday morning. The weather's decent. I know we're uh, a little off schedule with when we're doing the show, but what's up, my man? I'm doing all good. Like Joe mentioned, the biggest show of the year just passed recently. Um, great nights, great matches from both nights. Um this is a great time for wrestling, also sports in general. The NBA playoffs is creeping just around the corner. My Lakers are slowly picking up steam for that, and I'm ready to talk some wrestling. Always, we know that. So, okay, I'm going to give you <clears> – <throat> this is how I want to start it. I'm going to give you three options, and you could pick where we're going to start this. Do you want to start with – uh, what match you really, really enjoyed, what match you could have done without, or do you want to talk about uh, the sale and things Vince McMahon? Let's talk about the best match I saw. Um, hey, if you got it, hit it. Easily night one, in my opinion. I think the best match was Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. I thought it was a very hard-hitting fight, basically. Um some argue that it probably should have been the main event, seeing how Rhea won the Women's Royal Rumble. But I felt that it may have that may have added more fuel to the fire. And the reason why that match was so great because both women felt slight from being the main event to push just above the main event. And don't get me wrong, the main event was great, but I thought what Charlotte and Rhea did sort of brought back what the Undertaker and Batista did a few years, ten years ago or so, when 
Undertaker won it, and they didn't get the chance to main event, so they went out and put on this hell of a match at Mania and kind of blew the doors off the main event of that night. That match, it probably was even longer than 10 years ago, honestly. Like, maybe I'm wrong, but that maybe like 15 years ago almost. But either way, uh, I do agree. Uh, listen, we all had a good feeling um, that Rhea Ripley was going to win this thing. She is, I'll go as far to say she's the top woman star, in my opinion. Uh, she's really good in the ring at this time. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, you know, she's done it as long as others, or I'm not, you know, comparing accolades. I'm just saying at this point in time, she's an awesome heel. She's really good in the ring. She's good on the mic and she's a badass. I mean, I have people who don't watch wrestling come over and they're like, this, this woman is scary. She'll beat some, she'll beat some ash. That's what's going to happen. So, uh, Kudos to Charlotte, you know. She kind of had a funky overall return, though, if you think about it. She comes in one night to SmackDown, uh, wins the title off Rousey uh, off of her surprise return, and now she's going to be on a little break again. I saw she just had a birthday. Happy birthday to her. I think she turned 37, looking like a fine wine at that age indeed. But, yeah, I can't disagree with you in anything you said. Rhea um, is the face that runs the woman's place right now, in my opinion, and that was uh, a great A. Now, I Cleve, I'm going to go to the other side since we're talking women's and say, and we called this one as a, we just didn't really have the spice in it. And Bianca and Asuka didn't really, you know, I'm not saying they were bad in the ring, but we all, eh, like, even on Monday Night Raw, we didn't see, uh, we didn't see Asuka. I, I can't even remember. I don't even really know if we saw Bianca that much. But and either way, uh, since Raw was a little bit of a letdown, we'll get into that. But I'm just confused. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Bianca. She's now won three straight uh, WrestleManias in a row, I believe. When I was there in 19, the post-COVID one in Tampa, she beat Sasha in the night one main event. Next year, she beats Becky Lynch. And now she beats Oscar. So her dominance, I, Cleve, I thought this thing was coming to an end soon. I'm not so sure on that anymore, but man, Oscar still winless at WrestleMania. Well, you made a very good point. Um, I don't think any of us thought the match was bad or the good. It was sort of like, eh, it was like, you know, don't get me wrong. It was a certain part when they went into third gear that the match really picked up pace. But by the end, it was sort of just like, I think the went the SmackDown women's match kind of did such a great job that it put pressure on the women's um championship match. And I just felt that they I gave it a two point five. I think Oscar still should have won it. It's kind of saddening to see that she's still winless at Mania, even though she is one of the top women wrestlers on the roster. But shout out Bianca Belair. It seems that she's gonna run rapid on the Raw Women's Division for a while, and rightfully so. She earned it. My only thing is when you keep knocking down everyone, who is going to step up and finally challenge Bianca for the belt? This isn't like the men's division with Roman. You have so many options for Roman to somebody to throne Roman, but the women's division, I mean, out of four or five like credible wrestlers, like who who's gonna be the one that finally knocks off Bianca Belair? It's like 
the real question that should slowly be forming in everyone's head at the moment. Yeah, and you know, on Monday Night Raw, since we looped it in together here, uh, I did, in fact, that now Bianca and Rhea came out and they kind of, she did come out. They did a face-to-face, sorry for my mishap earlier, and, you know, said, hey, maybe one day we'll be doing this, this damn thing with each other. So I could see that being the case at Next Mania. I mean, you have the perfect heel, you have the perfect face. It would make a lot of sense. You're right, though, in terms of who would beat her. I mean... She's taken out a plethora of people. Maybe, maybe a Bailey could win the title. I don't know. Uh, maybe a. I mean, I, I, the reason I'm not saying Becky is because she already had that huge rivalry with her, and it seems right now she'll be in other storylines uh, that with the tag team titles and all that good stuff. But it just was. Uh, it just was. Uh, it laid flat, and like I said, it wasn't their fault in the ring. Just from the lead up to the after, I was just disappointed. But one match I want to really uh, give a kudos to, and I'll take us to, I mean, how could you get better than Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre? I mean, we already knew. They've already kind of fought each other in many capacities, one-on-one, especially Drew and Sheamus. Uh, To me, no surprise that Gunther got the victory. Uh, I, I think it's deservedly so. You got to keep that going. But Cleve, man, the crowd is going crazy. They're, I love it. All their chests get so bright red. It's like they just hit, they just pound on each other. Like the, the 10, 11, 12, 13. The, these three behemoths just go at it in the ring. And I believe it got five stars on many um, people that rated this match. And to me, there was just no, that's like a heavyweight battle. And we, I could have done with two of them, but having all three was the cherry on top. Oh, I agree. I think we all called that this will be a heavy-hitting, chest-beating type match, and we were not disappointed. Walter walking out, going through whatever you want to call him, walking out of Mania was the smart choice. I, I always screw that, that up. Yeah, I kind of still like Walter better than Gunther, but I think with this type of win, you could easily see him in the main event picture for next year at WrestleMania for whoever is the champion that come that you know, come around WrestleMania next year. But quick thought, I just want to, because you mentioned Bailey, and I just got a quick question for you. And I, I think I mentioned it to you at the WrestleMania party, but Damage Control took another loss at a big pay-per-view. I think they lost Clash at the, uh, they, I think they won that one at the Clash of the Castle. But I know Extreme Rules, they took a loss. And so far, it seems like the losses have been building up for Damage Control. My question to you, Joe, is it time to pull the plug on damage control? I, I would probably say so. I mean, Bailey wasn't even, uh, there's a lot of speculation because she was not on the show on Monday. Uh, a lot of people, you know, are saying that Vince McMahon tore up the script last minute, whatever, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the haters especially are going that direction saying, you know, it was a bad show. It was all done by Vince. Uh, I know you didn't ask this, but listen, people get over it. I mean, Vince, no matter if he's 100 miles away or in the damn studio, he has a little bit of say in everything. And you know Triple H is running it, though, in the people he brought back. You know, you, Vince let go, guys. He brought back, guys. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I think this faction just fell a little flat. I was buying in all at first. Um, now, Eosky and Dakota guy did get a little pick-me-up. I You know, we know them now. They're not unknown 
stars. They're going to be on the roster, and we at least know what they're about. But from a Bailey perspective, something just something just didn't add up. I don't I don't know if it was just the way she leads or what. But Clave, I'm almost thinking. I think we almost need to get Bailey back into being a face. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I um, I almost think it wouldn't be a terrible idea maybe to have in the draft, have her go back to SmackDown, uh, maybe become a face, challenge Rhea, uh, and then, you know, you can kind of start fresh. And that is some breaking news. We are going to be getting the draft. Uh, I mean, people knew it was coming, but Triple H mentioned it on SmackDown. That it's gonna the landscape's gonna change in a few weeks. And Cleve, I think these storylines that we're eh on sometimes, that's how they're gonna be able to change these things up. And we talked about it, but I want to say it again since we didn't have it in podcast form. Best time to have the draft is when they're doing it now. It's like a new season. We had WrestleMania, that's the end of the last season. We don't need it in October. We're already a few months into things. We're starting now. There is backlash. Um, so that has carryover, but really. They didn't make a date for it yet. They'll probably do, go through with the backlash and then have the draft. And to me, that's just a perfect way to make some of these eh storylines and get some better creativity going there. Oh, I agree. The draft is a great time. It's sort of a fresh feel for a lot of guys who caught a, who sort of went stale or got lost in the shuffle within the past few years on their respective brand. I mean, we've seen in the past titles being swapped on shows. We've seen the Raw Tag Team Champions swap with the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Um, we could possibly see the same thing with, I think Theory would be excellent on SmackDown and get Gunther on Raw. I think he has sort of exceeded the level for SmackDown. Not to say SmackDown isn't a top brand, but SmackDown is mostly for creating new stars. And I think Gunther is past that level. And I think he has more... I think he can run more rapid on Raw than SmackDown, but the draft is always a great time because it gives the fans that don't watch each show a new face to see, someone to cheer for. You're right. I don't want Bailey to go back face, but I would love for Bailey to separate from Dakota Kai and EO Sky. I just feel that damage control has just been a real hit and miss. Just you can't even remember any memorable thing about them besides when they first debuted on exactly. SummerSlam back in August of 2022. So I just think it is time to separate them and other teams too to just give everyone a fresh start. And that's what the best thing about the draft is. The only thing I'm going to disagree on, I feel like, and just because, I mean, you're our, you're our legend when it comes to how, how much you've watched wrestling over the decades, but SmackDown used to be that show. SmackDown now being on Fox to me, uh, you know, it, it, Raw and SmackDown are even. I don't. There's a reason Roman Reigns uh, is on SmackDown most 95% of the time and only a little bit of Raw. I think both of those shows now are as of equal value. Uh, but I wouldn't mind if uh, – I don't mind the idea of Gunther. And, because you need – when the champions have been it for a while – like Theory, um, yes, his reign hasn't been super long this time, but he's had the United States title a lot over the past year. Gunther has had the longest streak as IC champ. Uh, Roman Reigns, obviously, has been the champion forever. So, although he goes on both shows a little bit, but I think you could switch the belts up to get some new rivalries created, get some new things going. We will have a show down the road where we, you know, predict some of our wild thoughts on maybe who will switch shows and things of that nature. 
um, you, you know, and things like that. But yeah, when it came to damage control, as we put a squash on that, I just think, like you said, ever, ever since SummerSlam, it was kind of like a downhill slope almost, uh, slowly, not that they were the worst thing ever, but it just, you never believed in them becoming a, you know, anything close to what some other great factions are, whether it's, uh, you don't even have to go to the Roman Empire, but like the Brawling Brutes are a pretty good one. Uh, Imperium's a really good faction. Even, uh, you know, on the woman's side with Rhea, Rhea with uh, Dominic Mysterio, obviously, and the Judgment Day, it, it, it didn't live anywhere close to that. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? And I'm, I was, it's funny, my buddy Timmy texted me about this, Clave. I am a huge, massive, obviously, as we all know, Pat McAfee fan. The only thing I will say is the I, – I don't know if this was in the plans the whole time, but the – and I don't even mind the Miz losing because to me, I think he agrees to these things, and I think at this point in his career, he just wants to get people kind of over, and he doesn't want to get too damaged overall. That's why you don't see him in a ton of, like, long matches or anything like that. You mostly see him doing either Miz TV or, for example, he hosts a Mania. But uh, – it kind of felt a little bit forced, uh, you know, when he had his open challenge and McAfee came out. I mean, it was still the McAfee jump off the top was awesome. Uh, George Kittle, I will say that he's a big boy. Like, I knew he was huge, but even he, when he jumped the barricade, it was in the, I'm like, man, this is a this is a beast who could do something one day. Uh, I love them all, but I just think the Miz is – I mean, then Shane McMahon, too, if you go to night two. Um, God, Cleve, man, I – that was a good return because nobody saw that coming. I, I never seen a prediction anywhere people thought Shane would come back. But for him to get injured, I just think the Miz, McAfee, Shane McMahon stuff, Snoop Dogg recovered well. Don't get me wrong. that His rock bottom, oh, my God, he goes off the ropes. It's like they don't even move. But uh, those parts just fell pretty flat to me. I wanted to get your thoughts on all that. I agree. I thought it was really bad to see. Like I said, I like Pat McAfee. I think he's a hell of a commentator. Seems like a really great guy, but I just don't think that he should be coming out and beating the Miz, a guy who pinned John Cena in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania, a two-time WWE champion. You're right. He is at the tail end of his career, but it's still just kind of disappointing to see a wrestling legend like the Miz being sort of just thrown under the bus like that. And the Shane McMahon thing was absolutely I'm not going to – I know it's, you're not supposed to laugh, but come on, people. If you saw that thing live, it was actually pretty funny to see old man Shane trying to jump up over the Miz and just completely blew his knee out. This reminds me of when Vince blew his knee out walking toward the ring. and I don't, know, I don't know what it is about the McMahon and their quads, but they just don't have strong quads or something. But, well, they put money into everything you know, else. I mean, with the sale and all that, they should put some more money into their damn quads. My God. I think the blessing in disguise with this, though, is that with Shane being hurt, we know for sure we won't see Shane for a while. And possibly this is his send off as he realized that he doesn't have it anymore in the ring. And hopefully we never have to see Shane O'Mac wrestle a match again. Yeah. And oh, I don't know. That's a little harsh. Come on. Don't be sending him out like that. Give the man one more chance. Let's get him one more. Um, one more time. I'm going to ask you a quick question, though, before we get in the main event, and I tell why everyone who's crying about Cody Rhodes' uh, sob story losing 
I was totally ignorant to long-term storytelling. But first, out of the Mysterios match, Logan versus Seth and Edge versus Finn, what was your favorite out of those three? Oh, it has to be the Finn versus Edge. And only be, well, first of all, was the action in the ring was good, but the stuff that happened throughout it also made it really great, too. We found out yesterday that Finn has been wrestling with a second degree calf injury. Hello, Mr. Tampa Tones, as he just joined us. Is that uh, Stunna or Tones? I'm not really sure. But <laughs> Cleve, keep, go- Cleve, keep going with your point. Yeah, it looks like Stunna. We know that already. We don't have a video on for a reason. So don't say what the people don't see, buddy. Come on now. Cleve, go finish it. It was like crazy to see because you saw the post injury. I didn't know Finn was that bad. I remember that cut. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember I text Paul. I was like, Paul, who's bleeding? And then I saw, I was like, damn, Finn's like busted. But I didn't think it was anything crazy. And then we see the after picture of it. Its skull was damn near split open. So that just tells you a lot about Finn Balor that he wrestled through an injury like that because it could have been infected. It could have got worse. It could have just a lot of things could have happened. But he still stuck through the match. And I think that's probably what made it my favorite is to see these guys put their body on the lines for us as fans. Yeah. And that they did do. I mean, uh, we saw Finn on SmackDown. I know he's going to be recovering. I don't expect him to be in a match too, too soon. Not that it will be something probably long-term, but uh, yeah, that was a little bit of a, of a scary scene there uh, for sure. I'll go with out of those three. I thought that I thought the Seth and I mean, anytime you have Seth Rollins, it was pretty cool. Logan Paul jumped on his buddy KSI, uh, which I mean, obviously we all could kind of see it coming, but that was a, a pretty big hit. He took, uh, you know, he, with that prime bottle he was dressed up as. And when those two get in the ring, I think they just do a great job overall. I thought that was uh, a well thought out match, even though. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Logan Paul haters out there, but that's why he got. And it looks like he did sign that new deal. There's a lot of speculation. It does seem I was reading something this morning where it does seem he has inked in a new deal. So, Cleve, I'm sorry, uh, but you're going to have to deal with him a little bit longer. Tones, great to have you. Since we didn't talk about this match yet, I wanted to ask you this, and then you could you could take it wherever you want and say a couple of your thoughts as well before we get to the main event recap. Uh, main event of night one, KO and Sammy, those are your two dudes. You've been with through them with the thick and thin, through the bad stories they've had, through the good stories they've had. How satisfying was it for you for them to get the victory in that night one main event and win the titles? Them getting the victory kind of felt like, remember Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? It felt like a moment when Dr. Phil and Will Smith go in for a hug with each other because it's two great guys with a bunch of compassion and two guys who love each other, but they've had a bunch of bumps in the roads along the way, as did Dr. Phil and Will Smith and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. At the end of the day, those gentlemen love each other and they do anything for each other. And I think we really seen that develop with the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn brotherhood over the years. I know a lot of people say it's not going to last forever and it probably won't. This is wrestling at the end of the day. They're going to get creative down the road. They're going to have storylines where one of them is going to do something and turn heel. But at the end of the day, it was a fantastic storyline for now. And it was really a fairy tale ending for these types of guys. And KO's really been deserving of a mania main event that he was promised years ago and it never occurred. The Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens match was supposed to be for the belt main eventing mania ended up being 
uh, damn near pre-show match, not even for a title. So uh, really good to see KO get what he deserved. And then Sami Zayn really getting his Kofi Kingston type of moment this year, really getting that Kofi Kingston type of run. I'll tell you what, though, man, I don't know what the plan is, but these dudes got smacked around last night. So uh, I'm not so sure what the heck's going on already. I've seen KO get jumped. I've seen Sami Zayn go down in the ring, although an Uso did step in and try and help him out a little bit. So uh, it was pretty uh, fantastic to see, and uh, it, it was really a beautiful moment, a heartwarming moment, and a well-deserved moment for both of those competitors, not only being in a main event, but getting championship gold out of it. And uh, I will say, shout-out to Fanatics as well. I think their championship T-shirt designs are beautiful. And I think it gives it a more realistic feel as well. I'm not sure if anyone noticed on Raw or SmackDown this past week, but any championship title winner at WrestleMania had a special championship T-shirt, whether it was for the tag titles, the U.S. title, the heavyweight title. And they were honestly pretty cool. Had a UFC-type feel to them. Yeah, I do like those a lot. Back to your first point, uh, a lot of good things said. You know, it is interesting, though, like you said, all of a sudden last night on SmackDown, Sami Zayn's getting a little bit confused again. He's trying to convince the, you know, brother Usos that, hey, I told you what was going to happen. We were going to win at Mania. I, Roman's going to turn on you. Look at what's already happening. And if you I'm just he says, I'm going to beat Sassantia, Jay, until you guys realize that, you know, Roman's in it for himself and he's not in it for you guys. And. To Tones' point, you saw him at first, you know, Solo went for a Samoan spike. He grabbed his arm, and he kind of had a moment there where he felt bad for Sammy, and then he kicked him in the face, obviously. But uh, Kevin Owens being jumped by Solo, this is this is another reason to me, and we're going to get you loop this in with the main event because it's the same thing, that uh, this is great long-term storytelling right here. You have a lot of... You, we don't know what's going to happen with Sammy and KO down the road, as Tones mentioned. We don't really know even what's going to happen with the bloodline. Um, I'm glad, you know, Roman's still the chief and that he won and stuff. We'll get into that. But they keeping you on the edge of the seats, and they didn't just back off of it after Mania. They're going to keep it going, at least for the near future here, and why not? Uh, I did really like uh, specifically Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens shirts. I thought those were great. Uh, Cleve, before we fully get into the main event, any any comment there? No comment. Ready to talk the main event. Yeah, let's do it, because here's where I'm going to say right now. I'm a huge Cody Rhodes fan, as everybody knows, especially the two guys here since he's come back to WWE. And I was very okay with his loss. Yes, I'll say this again. I was very, very okay with his loss, and here is why. Roman Reigns in the bloodline, you know, he said in his post-game interview, this thing, I, I wouldn't say it's just getting started, but he goes, he compared it to baseball, said it's like the third inning of a nine-inning game. Roman Reigns is not going to be around forever after this bloodline thing. He's not only not getting any younger, of course, but at the same time, he's going to have plenty of deals where he could go in Hollywood and do things similar to his, uh, you know, uncle and that being The Rock. Now. Could we have went without interference? I, I could go back and forth on that. To me, you don't always have to have interference happen because it gets a little bit, uh, you know, the same thing. But at the same time, 
I think they did the right thing in Roman winning here. Cody Rhodes, if he would have won, it would have been an amazing moment. It would have been, you know, I saw many people saying how it was the right time, it was the right place. I get it. It would have been awesome. The fans would have loved it. Cody Rhodes is at a high right now. But if you want to loop in Monday Night Raw, they are building him more sympathy. Now everyone even feels more for Cody. So to me, uh, and his tones alluded to not on this show, but in talks, you know, he has some uh, championships in his, you know, that was a part of the contract in the future. We all know it's going to happen at some point. So why give us everything that most of the universe wants right at this second? When to me, you could wait till SummerSlam or next mania and let more things play out. I couldn't believe on Twitter the hate for this just because uh, the guy didn't win the dang match. I mean, it's like he he had a great effort. He didn't do anything wrong. Roman had great efforts. Let's enjoy it. Let's take it in and see where it goes and see what happens. Look at on Monday Night Raw. They had Brock Lesnar obliterate Cody Rhodes, building more sympathy once again. So I'll start with Tones since he's on for a little bit here. Tones, any your feedback or construction to what I said and your thought on the main event between Rhodes and Roman? I personally thought the end result in the main event was terrible. Um I want to go on Twitter, cry about it, threaten all this hubbub and whatnot. But I do think the ending to the main event was terrible. I don't think you could have a match of that high hierarchy end with a solo Sokoa help out interference of that nature. Um, I know you don't want to make Cody lose cleanly. And the bigger problem I have with the match myself is the fact that when Roman Reigns is champion and when it's not the road to WrestleMania, that guy's harder to find than Waldo on a Raw or SmackDown sometimes. You never know where he is. I know he's already taken off for the Puerto Rico pay-per-view. They announced he won't be participating in that one. So I do like it, and I like the idea of Roman being this thousand-day champion plus. But to me, they need more consistency from him. They need him around a little more in this championship run especially if you indicated you know he is i think that's a good point he's probably going to be out of here full time after this run but he's already kind of out of here full time so I'd, I'd appreciate if he were around a little more or at least if they found a genuine way to get one of the belts off him however i do think that cody rhodes and brock lesnar feud makes a lot of sense i've seen a lot of people upset about that but if you're going this road you need a storyline with Cody, and right now Brock Lesnar and him make sense because Brock Lesnar is the biggest ticket item and the biggest fighting item outside of a champion. So if you want to keep Cody Rhodes in the hierarchies of main eventing without competing for a title, I think Brock Lesnar is a perfect guy to do that. And I'm not so sure why a lot of people are complaining about that or how that happened because... I think we all know Brock was going to turn heel eventually. I even said it at the beginning of that Raw. I think a heel turn was coming. I think that part was just fine of the bout. Uh, I think the more concerning thing is how much we're going to see Roman Reigns between now and SummerSlam. About a decade ago, John Cena went through something similar. He lost to the uh, another family member. He lost to The Rock. And what happened after that, Brock came out and whooped the floor with him. And that turned into... Uh, one of the biggest ass kickings that I think in like SummerSlam history for John Cena. I mean, John Cena don't lose like that. And Brock Lesnar just obliterated him for the most part. I don't think that's how Cody's outcome is going to be. I think we'll see Cody winning more than losing, but uh, I saw it, it had that similar feel to back about a decade. 
Well, I agree. I've been even thinking to I really didn't think to compare that, but that's a great comparison, Joe. I do remember after the Rock beat Cena had Mania, Cena sort of came out and Brock came out right after him and basically beat the dog crap out of John Cena in a way that none of us have ever seen John Cena being handled. And then they go on to put on these couple great matches throughout the off season of wrestling. And you can really do the same way with Cody. A lot of fans are, you know, think Roman should have dropped it. I don't think the first match Roman should have lost the belt. I just think that the bloodline is still getting better. And I think you want to build a more redemption story for Cody Rhodes. And he comes back from an injury, wins the Rumble, and now he's champion. It just happens too fast. You need to let him earn it and build for it. And I think him going against Brock Lesnar and these other guys that are eventually probably going to go against too later on down the road, I think it builds sympathy and it just adds more to Cody's redemption story. So I'm happy Roman won, and I really see it as a win-win for both guys. Are you sending a fax to someone over there right now or something? Or uh, you, you sound a little jittery as the mic there, Cleve. But no, I agree with you, and I agree with Joe as well. Um, it's hard to tell me that. <laughs> someone sounds like a robot trying to talk into the mic right now i'm not sure you should switch to your phone joe that's what i had to do so anyways um this is this is funnier than the Miz McAfee match, let me tell you. But, um, yeah, I think this, you know, this Brock thing, it really does kind of remind me of Cena Brock. I remember watching that with my dad, and I was obviously a lot younger at that point in time when the first uh, Cena-Lesnar thing was taking place. And I was sitting there, and as a kid, you know, you're never really expecting the worst. You're never really thinking of the bad outcomes happening. So, I was so shocked when that happened. I think it kind of bettered me uh, in terms of predictability for this one. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where they go or how far they go with Lesnar and Rhodes because let's remember at the same time as well, it's not like Lesnar's usually around forever in terms of how often he's around too. So what's going to happen if Lesnar fades out? Is this going to be another short-term thing? And are Lesnar and Reigns going to be gone? And then is Cody going to have to feud with Orton when he comes back? So I think there's just a lot of question marks. And that's my only problem with Roman Reigns being this sort of, um, you know, unified champion when Roman Reigns does have both belts on him. When he takes a leave of absence, it's hard to get some good storylines going without the main two titles at times. I agree. Quick question, Tones, because I know you say you have to leave out, and I asked Joe this question, too, and I wanted to hear your view on it, too. We saw Damage Control take the L at WrestleMania. We saw them take it, the loss tonight after WrestleMania, even though Bailey wasn't around. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's time to break up Damage Control? I mean, I've seen the argument on both sides uh, about the faction, and I do think they were a pretty good faction for the run that they've had. I... I think they are over. In ter- I mean, you've seen Bailey's tweet, right? All things must come to an end or beautiful things come to an end, something along those lines. And then I thought it was pretty telling and interesting that they got sent out to the ring 
uh, without Bailey. So I, I think they are going to be done. I don't think personally, I think they should stick around a little longer. I think they were building something pretty good over there. And I think <clears throat> it gave Bailey and damage control, every woman in damage control, more of a better storyline and purpose because those three without that storyline, sometimes they get forgotten about a little bit, especially the lesser of the two EO sky and whatnot. When you got them three together, they're right in the thick of things in terms of women's tag division and women's title talks. I think they were a good team to build the women's tag team title division a little bit stronger. And uh, I, I think that's really what the WWE needs to stay consistent with is building women's stables and tag teams. So I wouldn't break them up. I think that, uh, you know, I think there should be a storyline out there somewhere where those three probably end up with all the gold along the way. But um, it seems like they're going in a different direction and it seems like, they're more burnt than my toast when I forget about it in the toaster. So uh, uh, we'll see about that. Tones, your thoughts on the WWE sale? Um, It's interesting, right? It reminded me of uh, something. I'm glad it wasn't to Saudi, right? It could have been to Saudi and it could have been a lot worse. What's good for this is uh, they're dealing with the company who's professional. They've, I've uh, done this with, although different type of sport, it's still a combat sport, UFC before. So you now you got the higher ups, including Vince, Dana White, and a bunch of other guys in general in the room together. So I think that they got a really good team together. <clears throat> I think they got a lot of good higher ups. I think their cabinet's incredible. I think having the UFC and WWE not obviously not as sister companies exactly under the same roof, but I think them being able to have a little flexibility together is never a bad thing. I think you're going to be seeing individuals uh, pop over at times. I mean, we've seen it already a, a little bit with Daniel Cormier, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey. It, it's happened before. It's not going to surprise me when it happens again. I think we have the chance to see it more now. You know, we might get WWE guys obviously never doing UFC fights because that probably wouldn't end too well for a lot of them. But I think we're going to see them doing things at UFC fights where <clears throat> they get involved with the mic and whatnot. And then I think you're going to see a lot of the UFC guys when they get older partake in WWE and bring clicks and views to it, right? I mean, who doesn't want to see Conor McGregor? Who doesn't want to see... Um, and Algerman Sterling at, at the end of the day. Holly Holm, if she comes over. These are big names that a lot of people would enjoy seeing, whether it's in a UFC octagon or a WWE ring. So I, I think it was a good purchase. It, it reminds me of when you're in the checkout aisle at the store, and it's like, oh, you could buy two types of cookies for the price of one. It's like, oh, you get UFC and WWE with the creative ideas of one. So I think it's a good idea. I think if they follow through, uh, because, you know, we still got a month or two be until it becomes official. So let's, uh, it's looking like it is. And uh, let's all applaud when it officially becomes officially official. I, I think it's a fantastic idea. And I think it's way better than a lot of outcomes they could have had. Absolutely. I think it's better than most because, and also it's billions and billions at 21.4. Uh, WWE, I think, came in at 9.3, uh, pretty much close around there. So they both came in right yeah, around with the change, 10. though. At yeah, they, they both came right around the 10 billion mark. I think, um, I think WWE was like 
half a billion more. I think it was like 10.5 and 10 or 10.5 and 10.5 or 9.5. UFC 12.1 and WWE 9.3. So there we go. Yeah, a 51 Endeavor will hold 51% control. WWE or and then obviously uh WWE shareholders 49%. That comes with change though, so we'll see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen with all the networks, the pay-per-views. I know there's a lot of questions to be had. We'll deal with that later though. Tones, thanks you for joining us today. I'll be seeing you in a bit as we hit Wrigley Field for some Chicago Cubs action. Uh anything you want to say before you walk off? Yeah, always find us on Bucketeers Pod. We just had a draft and Frage and update episode yesterday. That's available now. We're going to be shoring up more towards the weekly podcast. And when you hear that UFC and WWE numbers of what they're worth, the billions and billions, it makes it think it's like, man, when I buy a UFC pay per view and it's not that good anymore, or when I'm tuned into Peacock and it's not that good of a WWE pay per view. I'm not the only loser that's throwing away their money on this stuff. So when you're hearing the billions numbers for UFC and WWE, and when you see a disappointing product, it doesn't make you feel as bad because, you know, there's a lot of kids and a lot of adults around the world that like these two sports. So, again, I think this is incredible, and uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. And uh, stay tuned to the Bucketeers, especially around draft time now that – uh. One of our Jagoff friends backed out of the draft. We won't be going to the draft. And now we're going to be having some incredible draft coverage on the Bucketeers. We're going to be going live day three of the draft and covering everything Bucks and all around the NFL draft picks and all. So going to be a really fun time between now and then. I can't wait. And I'm sure I'll be on Cleveland me a ton as well as it's still weeks away. Absolutely. Thank you once again for joining this mess of a mania post mania oh, show. And one more thing I have to say that um I, I'd probably forget about Bret Hart. Um, I think you're old and senile at this point in time, and you're talking weather terribly about both promotions. You can't win with some guys, and this is what I try explaining to some people. Some fans and some old-time wrestlers are just moronic, and he's one of them now. This is a guy, he's complaining about WWE and AEW. He's saying AEW is becoming too bloody and violent, and he's saying WWE is becoming too much gymnastics, people hopping around the ring. It's wrestling. It's 2023. People want to see people high-flying, jumping off top ropes, acrobatic shit. It's called realisticness. No one wants to see old-ass Bret Hart barely able to give a figure four. Maybe that's why you got screwed out of the title of Montreal, bud, because you couldn't do acrobatic flips and whatnot. Or maybe you couldn't do as good as blood scenes as the rest of him. I'm just tired of older, crabby people always trying to take jabs at these companies because really wrestling is in a better state today than it's ever been before. And that's including the days of when Bret Hart was around. So uh, I, I really just think it's distasteful and disrespectful comments from a guy who's taken the coward's way out the past decades plus. Uh, just a quick though, I do absolutely agree on Tones when the, sorry, Joe, it just sounds like a very, very point. The older guys complain about how wrestling has changed. 20 years ago, a DDT, well, not 20 now, 30 years ago. So a DDT was considered a finisher back in the day, and it was a basic DDT or a small package. And wrestling has evolved just like any other sport, basketball, football, things have changed, and people have gotten better. To constantly complain about the stuff that you see now is really ridiculous. And I love Bret Hart. I think Bret Hart is arguably one of the top 10 greatest wrestlers of all time. 
However, in his later years, he has been sort of on the rant about any and everything, especially if it involves Bill Goldberg. So you have to take his words with a grain of salt. But it's just ridiculous. The 20, like I said, 30 years ago, they were guillotine people, rolling up people, and that was like the end of the match. And now they complain to see because you got guys like Ricochet, Ray Mysterio, guys that can fly around the ring and actually keep fans invested. The Street Profits. Street profit. They were bleeding in the 80s. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't bleeding like they are now, but they were really doing the same type of stuff they were doing back in the day, too. So, and they were using steroids. So, like, dude, the motor wrestlers are just like some of their opinions are just jokes, honestly. Just jokes. They're like that Abe Simpson gif when he's it has his fist in the air and he's just yelling with an open mouth. The old crabby guy, it's like, uh, Jesus. But all right, fellas, you guys have a beautiful day. See you in a bit, Joe. Love you all. Take care. Analogy after analogy. There goes Mr. Tampa Tones on a great other episode of Cleave and Me. Uh, Cleave, a couple of questions. Uh, you know, your thoughts on the sale and uh, what do you think about, would you like to see a Conor McGregor, for example, in the WWE? Or you like to keep those guys like Logan Paul? Uh, if you haven't started here, you don't really want to see him type thing. Now, I wanted just a quick question on the sale because I was trying to read the sale. From what I've understand is that I believe WWE still retains 49% of the power. Correct, is, correct. Is that correct? So that technically means, you know, Vince doesn't own WWE anymore, but I mean, he still has 49% of the shares and the power. So I think if anything were to go wrong, both sides could easily back out or something like that. But I think it was a great sale to them. I saw that NBC was one of the guys that wanted to buy WWE, but Vince, I think Vince made a comment where they didn't want him really to be as hands-on as the other company that just recently bought him. So I kind of could understand why Vince looked elsewhere. I'm not going to be a hypocrite because I complained about Logan Paul, but then I would say I would love to see Connor and all these guys. It would be great for the views to add new fans, but I just hate when they do He's already talking there. crap of Paul Heyman. <laughs> That's what I'm, you know, and I really don't want to see a main event of McGregor versus Roman Reigns. But I think the only real great thing from this would be you add more fans to it. You add more fans that probably stopped watching wrestling years ago and got into UFC. And UFC wrestling is really not that different. Yes, one is more combat than the other one. But we've seen in the past a lot of guys, a lot of women also transition from MMA to WWE. And we've seen guys go from wrestling to MMA. CM Punk was probably one of the biggest examples. He didn't do so well. Brock he did phenomenal over there. Bobby Lashley was really great. Jack Swagger, he was over there pretty solid. So it's a very intriguing thing to see. I just hope if they bring all these guys over that they don't push other guys to the back of the line. Yeah, it's like I said, we're and we're going to get into it uh, <clears throat> when some changes start to take place. But there's going to, you know, it happened at my company in the real world. When top management changes, there's going to be some really good ones. And there's going to be some things you're like, oh, man, <clears throat> the thing I'm most interested in is pay-per-views and networks because we get a great deal right now at Peacock. It's the best deal WWE's ever had. Why? Because <clears throat> you don't have to pay much and you get everything on Peacock. So to me, that's even better than the WWE Network was because you're getting WWE plus live sports, TV shows, blah, 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 blah. But I am I hope <clears throat> that doesn't get messed with too much, and we'll see if any networks change, what have you. Uh, as we all know, Fox got the great big deal for SmackDown and then USA Network for all. Unfortunately for UFC, though, it's all ESPN+. Plus. 
And if they go that route, you got to pay for pay-per-views, um, the good ones at least. So it's going to be interesting. Cleve, we're about to close this show out. It's a Saturday. I don't want to keep anybody too long. We got things to do. We're going to be on early next week, so there's going to be a couple episodes close to each other here. Jay White made his AEW uh, return debut. I'll call it debut. And uh, Matt Riddle made his WWE return. We all know he had some issues he was working through. Um, I'll give you Matt Riddle, and I'll talk about Jay White, but you think this was a solid point for him to return? It looks like he's going to be involved with uh, the bloodline, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens thing, as he seems to be uh, helping out. He did. Uh, he's going to fight Miz on Monday, so maybe – uh, I don't know where it's really going to fully go, but what did you think about Mr. Matt Riddle's return? I thought it was great. Before the suspension and everything that went down with his personal life, he was on a very hot streak. Him and Seth Rollins arguably had the best feud of 2022. I know that gets all a bit overshadowed because of what Matt Riddle did, but I think he was really finding his own before the suspension and hopefully – from the crowd reaction, this seems the fans are still behind him. So hopefully, you know, we he doesn't get lost in the shuffle because we've seen that happen in the past where a guy is on the rise. Mustafa Ali is a perfect example. He was going to be the one that was challenging Daniel Bryan, and he got injured, and Kofi stepped in, and we knew what happened with that, Kofi Mania. So hopefully Matt Riddle was able to recover from this. It's really great to see that he went and actually got help. It was a lot of guys in the past that when they got sent to rehab, they sort of turned tail or just said, you know what, this is not worth I'm, I don't feel like really basically doing rehab. We've seen the, what happened with their career. So hopefully Matt Riddle sticks to what he knows, sticks to, you know, staying clean, and hopefully we can see him in a possibly challenging Walter for the Intercontinental Champion if Walter jump shows or Matt Riddle jump shows. But I think you could put him back in the main, main, mid-card picture at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a shame, you know, he had to take a break, but RK bro was on top of the world at one point between uh, shirt sales, you know, everyone loving Matt Riddle. The bro chants were always awesome. So really glad to have him back. Uh, I was worried for a minute. We might not ever see him again, but no, that is not the case. He is back in action. And I do hope that is one of more returns to come because we have the draft come up. Like we said, Triple H said it yesterday. B ready for the skeptical and things to change up a little bit here. I'll talk a little bit about Jay White um, because next show is going to be half AEW, half WWE. I want to talk about the um, MJF and his storyline going on right now, but with Sammy, you know, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, we're going to get into that and much more. But, you know, Cleve, there was a lot of war rumors about where uh, Jay White was going to end up. Some people thought WWE, some people thought AEW. He was in New. He was so his early career. He spent some time in the UK, then went to New Japan Wrestling, uh, then Ring of Honor. Then he went back. He went, you know, he kind of went back with New Japan and stuff like that. He was actually a member uh, and the leader of Bullet Club for a few years uh, where he was at. So a lot of things come together for him. He then joined Impact for a year, and then. AEW, like I said, I don't know if it's return or debut because he also showed up in 2022, but he is a great in-ring talent. I think he's going to make them better. I don't think he's a huge needle mover. I will say what is a huge needle mover for AEW is having their first show 
uh, overseas at Wembley Estate, uh, Wembley Stadium. I think that's going to be fantastic. I'm a little bit concerned if they'll be able to, you know, I don't know what they're going to consider a sellout if they're going to, how many seats they're going to limit. But I think it's fantastic they're getting international because, Cleve, at the end of the day, when there's competition with WWE, when you're going international like this and making a big statement, to me, that was the biggest thing to come out of AEW because usually Tony Khan's announcements kind of are half-assed, in my opinion. This was a really good one. I agree. It definitely shows the growth of AEW. I know I've always clowned AEW. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but you can clearly see that they are around to stay, whether that is as the next competition for WWE or, as I like to call them, TNA Impact 2.0. Regardless, going overseas is a great move for any brand, especially a show that hasn't been around for more than three years. Hopefully they put on the banger. That's, I guess, a lot of the rumors that Drew McIntyre will be leaving WWE is because they're doing the show overseas near his home, his home country. So this will be a great buzz for them. Hopefully they put on a great, great show. Um, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of AEW, but if it pops up on my Bleach Report, I will read the comments and we'll read the article about them. Yeah, and that stadium holds 90,000, so I'm really intrigued to see what they do there. Uh, Cleve, let's go letter grades and get the heck out of here. I'm going to give WrestleMania a B plus. I thought night one was a tad better uh, than night two, even though night two had the main event and the Hell in a Cell. Those were great matches, but uh, there was a couple all along the way that we could have done without. I think it it was a really good mania. I think 38 was better, though. I'm uh, If I'm going off of the last two, I would take last year's mania over this one. But that being said, I'm giving it a B plus. And uh, I love the two nights because, you know, you get one night like we did it here. We had a group watch party hanging out, me, Cleve, Tones, amongst many over on Saturday and then relaxed on Sunday and got to wrap up. I think the two nights is a A plus move if I'm going there, but a B plus for Mania. Cleve, your closing comments and your grade. I go A minus. I think, yes, there were a lot of throwaway type matches, but I think the matches that were really good sort of outweighed your bad matches, like the four-way women tag team match was really not, was really awful. Um, really, you know, sure, Joe. It, it was it was a bad from break at his finest. But like I said, I think the main event, the KO Sami Zayn, KO Sami Zayn Usos, and then the Charlotte Rhea, Roman, Cody, I think all of those sort of offset the bad matches, and I gave the A-. minus. It wasn't better than last year, no, but I think they did a really great job this year. Yeah, and I can't wait for next year. I mean, we're so excited. My birthday's in August. We're going to probably hit SummerSlam in Detroit. And like I said at the beginning of the show, we got Raw coming in a couple weeks. But thank you for everyone sticking with us with some of our issues today on our Saturday show. We'll be back early next week after Monday Night Raw talking AEW and talking many other things. For that being Cleve, this is me. God bless. Good night. And enjoy your weekend, everyone.